Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Hello. Hello. Oh, how you doing? Uh, you know, I fell asleep today for no reason. And I am weirdly tired and not tired at the same time. Mm, was it a nap longer than like 40 minutes? Yes. Oh, yep. That'll screw I was you. like, I don't know. I was up for like four hours and then went back to sleep for like three. Like napped from like one to four for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. So, mm-hmm. Mm. Sometimes the body be like that. Yeah. So I think that you and I have definitely gone through everything Phantom Liberty that we wanted to touch on. There's definitely a lot of like side gigs and and little missions and stuff like that that we didn't fully talk about. And those can be done at later dates. Right now, I think it's time for us to move on from Phantom Liberty move out of Dogtown, and really now move out to the Badlands. Okay, we can do that. Good, because that's what the show notes are. So, you know, if we picked something different, we'd be a little bit in trouble. Before we get into the Badlands, though, we got to get the update. We haven't had a... We need a Toast V update, if there is one. Um... Oh, yes. Actually, I was playing the other night and uh, I got into like the first, it's not the first combat, but one where I was just cruising around and uh, ran across random scavs. And I was like, oh, must kill random scavs. Um, so I got to start really, I no guns are equipped. I have one knife, one throwing knife, one katana. And then I don't know if it's cheating. I have the big, um, like, saw. uh, Not a saw. Chainsaw. A chainsaw. Um, Okay. But I was playing with the throwing knives and getting used to how that type of combat works. Yeah. I I think I eventually got to a point where I didn't really need three throwing knives, like, equipped anymore. But at the beginning, they don't respawn quite as fast. Mm -hmm. Um. Or you don't find ones that have as like quick of a recharge time. So having more than one's a bit like was a bit more helpful. Um, me uh, but my first question is: uh, 
one, do I get to hang out with Meredith? And what or what pathway do I have to pick on that if I am playing truly as you? Um, hmm. Because I think... Because I met with her and I took her chip money. And so now I just need to know what I'm supposed to do next. I... And the thing is, is it's kind of like hard to tell with that quest because it doesn't really matter. Like, you're still benefiting a corpo. I... For me, the with my nomad path, I picked the path that was like more amicable with. Uh, I said more amicable with Maelstrom. I think I don't know what happened in between. I know I got to a part later, and Royce hated me, and I don't know why. <laughs> but mm. it's, I, I worked with the. Uh, I I was I warned the um, the Maelstrom dudes that there was a virus on it. That's it. So. Okay. All right, I will walk down that path then. Does that lock me out of the Meredith scene, though? I really want yeah, that so weapon. Yeah, so do what you want. Like, doing the, the little, like, tiny things, but, like, overall, mostly going down a, like, generally anti-corpo uh, pathway is, is, like, kind of the bigger effect there. But it doesn't really matter on the little things. I mean, like, Miltech comes out on top regardless of what you do, so it doesn't fucking matter. Okay. Good because I decide want... that Toast V hates Maelstrom, which I kind of do. You know, that's also valid. <laughs> yes, uh, we can. I can definitely follow that path. And uh, of course, the first gang that I ran up on to test out my combat skills were the Scavs. Fuck the Scavs! Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I will fuck Meredith later and get my favorite weapon in the game. Have fun. It doesn't really pair very well with the blade build, unfortunately for you. Oh, because it's blunt. And it's a blunt object. Yeah. Mm, okay, I'll have to. I'll, I'll think on that one then. All right, so that'll be fun. And of course, uh, coming back next week, I'll update you on how things went. Uh, well, yeah, I guess let's get into the Badlands as we slowly begin to work our way into Night City. Um, so, the Badlands is a vast, arid region that extends across the states of Northern and Southern California in the West Coast of the United States of America. The des- this desert surrounds most of Night City. And if except you- for the water side. <laughs> yeah. And if you want more information on why there's both a North and a South California, go back and listen to our, our episodes on California. Which I can't remember the episode number that was. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. It was a couple months at least, I feel like. More than, I think. <laughs> it was probably like an October episode. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, do you want to look it up while I look, while I read out the database entry? Sure. All right. Here we go. Here's the database entry for the Badlands. If you think Night City is dangerous, just wait till you get to the Badlands. The areas bordering the city to the east and south are actually eight different zones that vary in character and landscape. There's the trailer park of the Red Peaks, the plains of Rocky Ridge, and the deserts of Sierra Sonora stretching out to the east whose landfill emits a stench that's often blown all the way into the city. Saturated with chemicals and acid rain, 
nothing will ever grow again in this region of the Badlands. Anyone who has to cross this area does it quickly, and if they're smart, with an armed escort in case they run into wraiths. A gang made up of exiled nomads. You could compare them to vultures, though at least vultures have the decency to wait until their prey is dead. The South paints a much less apocalyptic picture with Biotechnica's protein farms and the Jackson Plains power plant. A trip to the neighboring lake of Laguna Bend at sunset is the most picturesque view that the Badlands has to offer. Just make sure you don't touch the water. There's a saying that everyone should visit the Badlands at least once in their lives. Sounds like something the Wraiths would say. Uh, uh, and while you were reading that, I looked up and I was wrong. Um, that was back in episode 149, which was back in August of last year. Holy crap. This is episode August 178. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I made that. I created that outline on August 4th, 2023. Wow. It's been already six months. <laughs> six months since we talked about California. And then we had a couple a couple episodes on Night City as a whole. Mm-hmm, and then... Mm-hmm. we talk, Well, we talked about the media. We talked about Night City, or Noosa, Night City, stuff like that. So, Oh, no, that was beforehand. My bad. These aren't in order. Ignore that. But yeah. And then it was a lot of Phantom Liberty. So much Phantom Liberty. So much. Mm-hmm. So but yeah. That's fun. Uh but anyways, a little bit about the history of the Badlands. Beyond Night City and its surrounding suburbs is a wide open space of endless dry Californian scrub, punctuated by the occasional abandoned town or dry lake bed. The Badlands, as it is often referred to, were formed at some point during the 2020s because of the persisting drought Northern California was suffering, turning much of the region beyond Night City into a desert. Wow, California suffering from a drought in the 2020s? That doesn't sound accurate. Wait a second. (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) Again, Mike Bondsmith, the prophet. Yeah, yeah, just always predicting the future. All right. The Badlands has been a place that few night citizens have ever willingly ventured out into, save for the hardy nomads who have always crossed the desert in their huge and well-protected caravans, as well as the plenty of dangerous gangs that plague its open roads. During the time of the Red, which was around 2045, the Aldecaldos set up a camp on the outskirts of Santo Domingo from which they ran an expansive trade and transport network, often hiring themselves out to guide people across the desert and transport goods. It was during this time that many refugees from the Fourth Corporate War reclaimed abandoned towns and cities not far from the urban sprawl of Night City. By 2077, nomads were not the only ones who called the Badlands their home. A gang made up mostly of exiles from local tribes and families known as the Wraiths resided here in great numbers, being the ones responsible for the corporate transport disappearances in the region. Anyone that crossed into their territory without armed transport wouldn't likely survive. 
And also in 2077, Saul Bright's family of Aldecados camped on the outskirts of Night City in hopes of finding new employment. Yes. Now, as for a general overview, these vast plains outside of Night City make the metropolis look more glamorous in comparison. However, there's still life and golden opportunities out there. Unchecked resource extraction and derelict oil fields dominate in the north. Wastelands full of chemicals and landfills reign supreme in the east. Acid rains are a result from the massive pollution, and this guarantees nothing will ever grow there anytime soon. Perhaps even ever. Meanwhile, the winds carry the unbearable stench that makes sure Night City doesn't forget this place exists. Yay. The south side is mostly desert. Due to Biotechnica's many protein farms, as well as the Jackson Plains power plant, this part of the Badlands is less apocalyptic than the rest. Some even think it's safe around here. But let your guard down for a second, and it'll eat you up alive. There are a lot of sites of interest in the area. Uh, One key tip, and this is for gameplay specifically, check the roads. There are quite a number of dead ends to the roads, and virtually every one of them has a mission site, shop, or loot to be picked up. Uh, Unlike the city, the Badlands are so large and points of interest are so spread out, it is definitely recommended to own or use a vehicle to help explore them. Yes. Get your favorite car and drive. Do not try to run. It is so far. Oh, yeah, no. I actually prefer motorcycle out in the Badlands. Even all the okay. color cars uh, for me don't handle very well. I I like my uh, the Caliburn uh, just because it's got like the highest top speed and like there's there is so much distance between these places that getting up to like you know cruising at 200 without any interruptions really does make things that go by a lot faster Mm -hmm. um speaking of actually a shout out back to the scream sheet from last week where you were talking about the cars that uh you can change the appearance of or whatever specifically the Rayfield, Caliburn, and Arendite, uh, only the purchasable versions, not uh, not the, the Batmobile that you get from the, the 1K. You can't change that one. Mm. But if you buy it, you can change those appearances. Those are the ones. Cool, cool. Thank you. Uh, I just I saw the thing recent, or the other day, and I was like, oh, shit, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay, so... We have some named locations in the Badlands, um, and those are, in 2020, we had Bryant Creek, Miwok Creek, Oilfields, Silver Mungo, and the Zetatech Air Base. In 2077, we added a couple more, lo- couple more locations. In Northern California, we have the Northern Oilfields, the Eastern Wastelands, Laguna Bend, and the Southern Desert. And then in South California, we have the Los Padres. Uh, So we have a little bit of um, information from the official digital art book of Cyberpunk 2077. 
spend enough time in Night City and you start to wonder why anyone would want to live here. Beyond the city limits, you stop wondering real quick. Things are a hell of a lot worse outside. Unchecked resource extraction, rampant pollution, and a climate in crisis do not make for a happy weekend getaway. For all its flaws, at least Night City gives you moments of reprieve and it's flashing casinos and slick cocktail bars where you can forget your miserable life for an hour and pretend that everything is going to be fine and dandy. <laughs> and the wasted badlands and burning oil fields outside the city, the smell of dystopia, or is it just the sulfur, never leaves your nostrils. Beyond the city's borders, we find entropism at its ugliest, but also at its grandest in terms of scale. Looking down from an AV or an airplane approaching the city, you see endless rows of solar panels and windmills, acres and acres of greenhouses, huge open pit oil fields. You can't help but be impressed. You see just what it costs to keep a resource-intensive economy going for another century. The natural world, California's great legacy, is dead. Or shall we say, undead. Undead. No, we do mm. not need the undead in cyberpunk. <laughs> no. No. I feel like it probably already exists, though. <clears throat> like, just how long does it take, like, a point where you have enough cyberware in a person that they're dead, but you can just, like, install a Blackwall AI into the into the cyberware and it runs their body, um, even though the rest of the, the, the organic parts are no longer alive? Is Smasher I, a zombie? He died. No. I mean, it's hard to tell, honestly, with him. Everything is cyber. Like, it really is, like... If you give Johnny the body, that is a zombie. Because Johnny Silverhand is dead, and now he is in a reanimated corpse. Because V had to die, because he was soul-killed in order for you to have the body. Does that mean that V is undead If you at the end of the game? Because yeah, you have to be soul killed, which means that you're no longer you're not in your body. It's not you. It is a relic or, or uh, an engram of yourself. Mm. Damn. Maybe. I think. I think maybe. I think. I think so. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Hold on. I'll even take it a step back further. Johnny says that we died and he kickstarted our heart back right in the beginning when when we got shot right have we been a zombie this whole time i i don't think so because it's just he'd like brought like because you know you can your heart can stop for a bit and you come back and like granted this is a much longer amount of time than you typically want to allow for someone but like it's because of the relic working on your brain and like overriding your like synapse in it is and everything you don't have the like general issue of like your brain like brain dead um, from from being dead like dead too long. Mm -hmm. So like it's unconventional, but I think you're still alive because it's still you for now. Okay. Oh, okay. Johnny takes a body, and I think he's a zombie. I think. This is not what this episode's about, but apparently we ended up here anyways. <laughs> you know what? Then that is a good reason for us to take a quick little mid-break so we can get our tangents out of the way. <laughs> Welcome to the middle of the show. So
where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. I totally didn't mean to do this about saying getting our tangents out of the way, but that's the first person that we need to talk about. Welcome in Tangent X Trying and welcome to the fam. You've been very, very active in the Discord and we are so excited to have you here at the end of the month of February to have you on for the Patreon chat. Thank you. Big love, major hearts, all the things. Yay! I'll be girly about it for just a moment. That brings us up to a total of 13 patrons. You guys are awesome. We don't have any new reviews to read out this week, but if you leave them somewhere on the internet, I will find them and read them out here in the middle of the show. I don't think that I have anything else to add. Toast, you got anything? Uh, like usual, no. <laughs> okay, let's get back into it then. So a very, for a very specific yet undisclosed reason, and we will also be discussing the Eastern Wastelands portion of the Badlands today. Uh, that's it. We're not going to talk about the reason why. You just have to wonder. You just have to figure it out. You know, I trust you. Lead me down this path, Toasty. Well, I was talking to the listeners, but I guess <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> I'm speaking um, on behalf of the listeners. Gosh, yes, Toasty, we trust that. you to lead us down this story path. Where are we going? You really shouldn't. You should never trust me. I'm a horrible person. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, so a bit about the history of the Eastern Wastelands. Uh, the barren, deserted hellscape to the east of Night City is both a testimony and legacy to the irreversible climate collapse that was triggered by the wars and the extreme exploitation of natural resources during the last decade of the 20th century and the first ones of the 21st. Not much has remained over the years, with the exception of ghost towns and derelict structures from a distant past. Only nomads and scavengers roam the wilderness, and even they struggle to find anything useful out there. All right, we actually have stuff from the official digital art book of Cyberpunk 2077. A highway heads east out of Night City and straight into a post-apocalyptic Wild West. This is nomad territory, hence the provisory architecture, tents, trailers, and camper vans. The only permanent structures are abandoned relics, ghost towns, scavenged, and repurposed by wandering folk. St stylistically, enterprism rules here. Since everything must serve maximal purpose at minimal cost, yet it is far more likely to be DIY and jury rigged than mass produced corporate junk. The ostentatious, blaring kitsch of Night City's entertainment districts is completely absent, though the nomads have a vibrant visual identity featured in the patches they sew on their clothes and the graffiti they tag on their rides. These splashes of color are, however, the exceptions in a region dominated by two elements, blinding sun and choking dust. 
And before you move on, choking dust, here's to Haboobs. I guess, I guess, I guess you're, what is, I'm sorry, what is a Haboob? <laughs> oh, it's just a giant dust storm. It's a very specific okay. type of dust storm. It has like okay. sand, dust, and um, I think the shape of it also matters. And I, d- I looked it up before, but now I don't remember exactly. Does it look like a huge, like huge ass boobs? Is no. That the shape? Is no. that what the HA boobs is? <laughs> it has nothing to do with titties. For once, this is me not talking about boobs. Haboob. Well, I mean, you are. You're just talking about hub boobs. Um, Haboob is a type of intense dust storm carried on an atmospheric gravity current. Why did they call it a Haboob? Oh, because the word, uh, another word for dust storm is Haboob, which is Arabic from the word blown. Haboobs are giant walls of dust created from high winds rushing out of a collapsing thunderstorm. A cold air in front of the storm rushes down at an incredible rate, picking up massive amounts of dust and sand and blowing them into the air. Okay. Okay. That's cool. You don't see a lot of, like, words used in the U.S. that have Arabic origin, I don't think. Yeah. We tend tend towards the Latin and Greek. This is true. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Okay. But speaking of a few locations here in the eastern wastelands that are probably pretty subject to Haboobs uh, are uh, the major locations of Red Peaks, Rocky Ridge, Sierra Sonora, and Vasquez Pass, um, as well as the more minor locations of Interstate 9, the Minefield, the Municipal Landfill, and the Wind Farms. Um, and some of these actually stretch into various different other portions of each other. Uh, they kind of intermingle uh, with each other a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. Now, the Red Peaks. Located in the Badlands, it borders Night City to the west, Laguna Bend to the south, and the vast Rocky Ridge Plains to the east. It is cut off in two sections by the I-9, where the northern half is mostly devoid with hills rising tall. A few points of interest would be near Rancho Coronado, a small settlement known as the Trailer Park and the Sunset Motel. The southern half is mostly made up of waste by being the municipal landfill of Night City. Yay! Yay, yeah, and some... Things. I mean, if you've played 2077, you know what the Sunset Motel is. Um, we come here for various reasons, um, but maybe the uh, one that might not jump out as highly uh, is the trailer park. Specifically, it is the trailer park where uh, River's sister lives with her children and is kind of his place of residence as well. So. Uh, next we have Rocky Ridge, um, located within the Badlands. Rocky Ridge borders the Red Hills to the east, the mountainous region of Sierra Sonora to the north, and along I-9 to the east, and Vasquez Pass. Its most secluded areas to the north, only accessed by a narrow road northwest from the town of Rocky Ridge, border Night City's Watson and Westbrook. 
This region is mostly controlled by the nomads, being from either the Aldecaldos or the Raffin Shiv Wraiths. Militech is also strengthening its position, making controls on the roads, and having recently converted an old motel into a base of operations. Dakota Smith is the most prominent fixer in the area, currently residing in her own garage along the I-9. The abandoned town of Rocky Ridge can be found along the only pavemented road that, that goes northeast from the highway. And we go there. Well, yeah, I mean, we go visit Dakota a couple of times at least. Well, Rocky Ridge specifically, that is the town where we uh, get Pan Am's truck back. Right. That was actually a fun little mission. I like doing that because mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to do it. Yeah. It's really fun, uh, you know, doing the mission from the back of the area and then, like, going around and seeing, like, Pan Am just stuck on the ladder, not contributing at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, no. It was funny. I, I'm pretty sure it's fixed now, but I just remember the first times I was playing. This is, this is where I encountered a lot of my glitches, uh, including that one, uh, as well as the infamous window glitch. Hmm. Do you know about the infamous window glitch? No. So you know how uh, Pan Am needs you to uh, basically turn back on the power or whatever, and you have to go into that little like side shack. Uh huh. So if you have a high enough tech skill, I believe you can just like open the door, like get it open. But I didn't. But there is a window that you can just go through if you want. Um, so you have to like break the glass and then climb through it. And it was a very a common glitch that if you went to go climb through it, uh, one, you'd have difficulty climbing through it to start. Like there'd be a few, like it, for some reason it was just hard to like mantle that window. But then if you finally did, it would shoot you back. Like you would literally rubber band for the window and then just shoot out at rapid speed out to the random bumfuck nowhere of the Badlands. Oh no. <laughs> it, was, it was the most entertaining thing because it's just, you just try to go in and just like, it's like, where did I go? But that's, that's an amazingly horrible. <laughs> it was not bad. It was like, you just had to run back. Like nothing. It wasn't game breaking at all. And like, it, it usually only happened once. But it was just so sudden. To just okay, so it didn't like launch you like twenty minute run back over. No. Yeah, no, it wasn't that far. But it was just it's just the sudden the suddenness of being like trying to go in a window to just be standing in the middle of the desert with your objective all the way over here and just like <laughs> what the oh, heck? <laughs> that's great. No, I had not heard about that glitch. Um, I don't I think suffered I had that one like three times. No. <laughs> every time i went there i got it every time it was so much fun i enjoyed it i like i like bugs uh in games sometimes as long as they don't actually like like break the game you know because there's that the glitches like that in cyberpunk that were fun and then there was the one where like you'd slip off an edge like two inches off of a ledge and it would kill you yeah (laughs) um Okay, so one of my favorite glitches was on my first, for like the first uh, 30, 40 hours of gameplay, all my cyber psychos were glitched. Uh, Yeah, actually, no, all of my cyber psychos were glitched to where whenever they hit Sandy and were like speeding around, 
they were stuck in two pose. Oh, that's fun. I like that. That's <laughs> it is funny. very, very intimidating to have somebody darting around in T pose. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> fun though. It sounds great. <sighs> There's um, a lot of T pose glitches in early days of Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh not not Cyberpunk V, but Vervada V. Um, she had a river T pose glitch where the morning after scene, the kids, you know, you can like sneak by and check on the little nieces and nephews in their bed. Mm -hmm. They weren't sleeping in their bed. They were standing in their beds, T posing and staring at her when she walked by. (laughs) That's incredible. I mean, it's not as it's not as good as I was hoping for because I was hoping you were to tell me that it was going to be River T posing during the like sex scene. No, <laughs> that would have been great. But the morning after, the kids are staring at you, going, "We know what you did." <laughs> hey, look, T pose for intimidation. That's how you do it. <laughs> T pose for intimidation. T- sorry, T pose for dominance. That's the that's the line. Okay. Um, it's your turn. I know. I'm trying to segue from T pose for dominance. Well, <laughs> the next area I... that you're going to talk about is dominated by the wraiths. Oh, all right. You're right. Which is the Sierra Sonora. And it is a large mountainous region found within the Badlands. It is its northern foothills in the eastern wastelands can be visited, mostly important for the Wraith Camp present here. Now, the Wraith Camp itself can be found in an old Corp Bud cement factory located in this region. Sometime prior to 2077, it was taken over by the Wraiths, who installed some rudimentary defense structures around the camp. That year, the Wraiths used the basement of this complex as a location to hold and gut victims to sell their body parts and chrome. Yay. Saul Bright, leader of the nearby Aldecaldos clan, was briefly held there too. But V can rescue him before it's too late. And ooh, fun game tape, gameplay tip. There is a hidden timer on this mission if you wait more than two in-game days to save saul he dies and you're locked out of a lot of pan am quest lines including her romance and the aldecaldo ending makes sense yeah you don't save saul they're not really wanting to help you anymore sorry v Mm. you're boned now or not in this case it's true (laughs) or not (laughs) Now, later, the Aldecaldo Cassidy Ryder has the idea to leave incriminating Militech merchandise just outside the Wraith camp to shift blame for an earlier raid off the Aldecaldos and onto the Wraiths. I did not know that part. I wasn't aware of that. That's probably just a dialogue thing. Uh, I guess I just never paid close enough attention to catch that. I think... The from the basilisk thing, so like to it wasn't us that stole it, it was them, yeah. No, for sure, I believe. Uh, I mean, that makes sense that that's what it's for. I just, I guess, I just never uh noticed that. Di- like, I'm assuming it's a dialogue line that 
Cassidy says. Yeah. I'm too distracted by the mustache. That's what it is. <laughs> I keep, what? It's, I mean, bro looks like Sam Elliott. It's like so hard to unsee it too. Ah. Oh. You ever think about that? He is very Sam Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't have the voice, which, oh man. What if that had been like, what if Sam Elliott had, they'd gotten him for this game? Just oh, random and sick. I mean, I'd have wanted him as a romance option then. <laughs> oh, Sam Elliott. Th- that man's got a good voice. I wonder, I wonder if he has done anything for video games. Why don't you talk about the i9 and I'm going to look up Sam Elliott's IMDb. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, do it quickly because there's not a whole lot to talk about the i9. Um, so starting in the Santo Domingo district of Night City, the i9 stretches east across the eastern Badlands and well into North California. As pointed out by the highway signs, the interstate goes through the state line. A portion of the highway is surrounded by the minefield, which is patrolled by Militech. Therefore, I-9 is very close to the border with Southern California. As far as I can tell on a quick glance, no, he's not done any video games. I'm assuming he just done, he's just done Western movies. I think that's his No, his uh, I mean, he's also been on like Robot Chicken and Family Guy. He was in A Star is Born. The man who killed Hitler yeah. and then the Bigfoot. I forgot Sam Elliott was in A Star is Born. Uh, I was forced to watch that movie and then loved it. No, I don't. Aww. Uh, Get off of Sam Elliott IMDb. Okay. I'm probably good at yeah. Yep. Okay. Tabs are closed. Let's talk about the minefields. All right. Here's the database entries for the minefields. The minefields out in the Badlands is a legacy of wars long past. The mines were never cleared, meaning that the field now serves as a quote-quote natural border protection. The only people who know how to cross it safely are smugglers. All right. The general. I, <laughs> I just, it's just a note. Like, you know, hmm. I don't think minefields count as natural. No. I don't think it's how it works. Like, like, like. Like like a mountain like a mountain like range like that's that's natural, or a forest line or a river a creek. Uh, those yeah, are all- it, those are natural borders, not not a minefield. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's why it's in quotations natural. I guess. <laughs> all right, but where did these mines come from? Well, the region is dotted with mines is because they are left over from the Unification War, and it marks the border between the Night City Territory and Southern California. The mines were claimed to have been disarmed in 2071, but after people were injured, these disarmed explosives most decided to steer clear of the area. All except the smuggling types, who managed to make a number of their routes run through these fields. It is risky, but worth it, as due to the mines, no one guards this portion of the border. From time to time, Militech still patrols the border and sometimes sends griffin droids to monitor the minefields. 
Moving on to the municipal landfill. Now, this junkyard is the official disposal area of Night City. It fills most of the southern half of the Red Peaks area and a small portion of the Rocky Ridge region's southwestern section. The landfill also pours into the empty basin to the southwest between the two dams and partially to Santo Domingo itself beyond the highway bridge into Rancho Coronado. As we know, if you've gone in this direction, it's it's just a lot of trash. It's just a very big area of trash. Yeah. And you can't drive on it, so you'd have to like walk the whole way. And I don't I don't think I've ever made it to the end of the trash pile because of that. I don't I can't even think about where that is. I know I've driven it a few times because like you have to come for like that one Delamain, you have to come here to get your like nomad car. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do the nomad in or light path, a couple other, I think it's just some, a couple gigs out here, but that's really, that's really about it. All right. So I think the last little place that we have to talk about is the wind farms. So here's the database entry, the wind farms in the badlands property of night city once played a major role in the city's power generation before gradually falling into disrepair over the years. Go figure. (laughs) This wind farm stretches across the regions of Rocky Ridge, Vasquez Pass, and Sierra Sonora. Much of its eastern section is dotted with a minefield, making the border with Southern California. The wind farms of the Northern Madlands were shut down sometime prior to 2077 due to the extreme changes in the climate, most importantly, the more frequent hurricanes and sandstorms. I didn't know if, I I don't think I knew about, there was, there's hurricanes? Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they come off of the coast. Um, Yeah, but this is not common for like California, right? Like, didn't they just have the first hurricane? Like last year that they had in like, what, 20 years or something, 30 years, something crazy. Mm. Um, that, that just shows the vast amounts of climate change that has happened in the, the 2077 world for there to be frequent hurricanes <laughs> going to California. In addition, I guess, to the, uh, to the more frequent hurricanes and sandstorms, the additional layer of dust in the atmosphere as a result of the Himalayan wars. Uh, so damn, I guess that's okay. That's Himalayan. Where's the Himalayans? That's in, back. That's in like in, isn't that in Nepal, Asia? Yeah. Nepal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So like what, the Himalayan wars, bro. I think so. I'm assuming this is a fucking. Oh, it's part of the Fourth Grover War. Okay, okay. It seemed, maybe no, no. Doesn't look like there's a whole lot of information on it. It's just a thing that just shows uh, how much of an impact it must have had on the world as a whole. If this thing that happened by this, presumably by mountains in Nepal, led to vast climate changes. Across the world. Yeah. The damage. Sorry, I did start looking into this and there's actually an article, an article. There's a a Reddit post that is like the Himalayan wars might not have necessarily been that bad in Nepal, but 
the Himalayas affect global weather patterns. And that might have mm. caused a big updraft of air into the jet stream that distributes air globally. So the Himalayan wars might have more to do with the weather patterns caused by the Himalayas, not necessarily a war that broke out in Nepal affected Night City. Okay. Cool. Uh, The damage by climate change proved too frequent and costly to warrant repairs. The same reason has caused the majority of the solar arrays in the southern Badlands to go defunct as well. Chutu will remain the uncontested leader in the energy sector for the foreseeable future. All right. So this is definitely some interesting stuff about the areas surrounding Night City. The Badlands has more to it than I really thought that there was. I was like, it's a desert. Pan Am lives out there. Dexter Deshaun leaves us for dead out there. I don't want to go back out there. There's a lot. We haven't even covered all of it we still have a few other places to talk about uh you know there's not a whole lot uh i will say i will i will just say straight up there's not a ton of information also because things we didn't talk about uh about like Vasquez pass it's just a pass it's out there um but you know as far as the rest of the badlands we still have to talk about the oil fields uh and the south and los padres county uh and you know Laguna Bend. Yeah. I have a little bit of favoritism there, you know. Right. Which I will say, doing research for this, Laguna Bend does have the most information uh, out of all of the Badlands sections, which makes sense. That totally tracks. Yeah, for sure. So, but we'll get to that on another time. Sounds good to me. I think this is a good place for us to wrap up our our half of our conversation on the Badlands. We'll see you next time. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore, you can also hit us up on patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. If you'd like to hear more from me, I am on the Two Girls One Ship podcast where I analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. You can also find me on Scyther Audio's newest fan-made drama. I've been doing a little voice acting on the side. Oh yeah, it's called The Avengers, an audio drama. That's cool. Uh, and if you want more of me, uh, you can catch me uh, doing the Witcher lore cast, as per usual, uh, as well as the uh, Cyberpunk Red live play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk apostrophe D, that I do with the fumbling for an Almighty Crit Gang, uh, that you can also find Jin on, and that. Is getting to a coming to a close, I think. Getting towards the end here. We are, yeah. And of course, at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be used. We use snips and clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix. And while you're out there, stay safe in the Badlands. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful here on The Content Creator's Guide.
available wherever podcasts can be found.